This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. And we've got another fun episode for you guys this week, a, a victory episode. Um, a lot of winning happening in the North Shore area, especially with our football teams. Um, it's a championship edition as well as a new Trier boys golf won a state title. So um, one of the fun podcasts that we usually get to do, which is kind of fun, um, get to do it more often than not. Um, so uh, we're going to do our regular four quarter format for this week's episode um first quarter we're just going to break down the football in week seven um then we're going to talk about a story that joe did about uh girls flag football and how it's growing in the area and in the state and also about the golf championships that took place this weekend and new trier's quest uh to repeat um in the second quarter we're joined by holly hales and Catherine ellis both uh girls flag football players um to give you some insight about you know, what's it kind of been like and all that kind of stuff competing in it. Um, in the third quarter, we play way or nowhere, we a guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we get you ready for the penultimate week of the regular season here, week number eight. We've got some fun matchups. So um, something to look forward there uh, as we move forward and deeper into the season. Uh, just a quick reminder before we get started that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Give us a like, give us a nice little review. We always appreciate it. Uh, the more good reviews and that kind of stuff we get, the more um, we get to, uh, you know, talk to other people and get an opportunity for other listeners to listen to our great takes or terrible takes <laughs> review us every single week. I don't know why you listen every week, but I appreciate it. Um, whether you think we're insightful or whether you think we're clowns, um, whatever works best, we appreciate your listenership regardless. But um, let's get things started here by uh, talking some football. Um, and let's talk about probably the most meaningful uh win of the weekend um and that probably comes with highland park obviously highland park um fighting for a postseason opportunity um and they got one step closer uh beating niles west 21 to 17 um an impressive win joe obviously just just for what you know this team is trying to accomplish and maybe wouldn't be able or wasn't able to do last season i felt like this win over the wolves um, kind of show the kind of step that this program has taken over the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, it's a huge win. Um, yeah, I think it does show a pretty big step forward because Niles West is um, right there up at the top of the conference. Um, I'm actually not sure if they played Maine West yet, um, but either way, um, they've been beating the opponents in the conference. And, you know, the past few years, Highland Park hasn't been up there competing with those teams. They've been a, a step, albeit a small step at times, but they've been a step behind. So uh, to get this win, to to do it in kind of a um, dramatic fashion, I think is, it was huge for the program. And you can tell um, how excited they were with uh, the celebration after the fact. So a uh, big win for them. Um, seniors came through when they needed to in that fourth quarter. Um, I think they scored about midway through the fourth quarter to take the lead. Uh, and then they held on. So that defense stood up too. Yeah, senior David Finford found senior Johnny Walker for an 18-yard uh, touchdown midway through the fourth quarter. That was the duo's second touchdown connection of the day. 
uh, lifting Highland Park to, like we said, a 21 to 17 win um, at Horster, at Wolters Field um, on Friday. Um, just a really good performance for this team. Obviously, uh, Highland Park grabbed this 14 to nothing lead um, in the second quarter, thanks to two fin for touchdowns. But then uh, the Wolves are able to cut it down, scoring 10 straight points, uh, making it a 17 to 14 game in the third quarter. But um, Joe, just how big was it? Obviously, I know you weren't at the game, but just just for this, you know, team to bend but not break. I know we hear that phrase a lot. Um, when it comes to sports, it's probably a cliche that a lot of coaches love to say, but um, I, I feel like it comes true in the scenario where it seems like, you know, Niles West was threatening, they were creating good opportunities, but Highland Park was making plays to make sure that, you know, they weren't able to uh, give up the lead. Yeah, I think it was big and, and I wasn't there uh, because I, I thought another game would be good. And, and we'll talk about the Loyola game and what happened there in a minute. Um, but um I thought what was big was also their ability to uh, to be resilient. And then you, you could call it bend but not break, of course. But they went up 14 nothing in this game early. And then uh, Niles West came back on and took the lead in the second half. So to not kind of fall victim to that uh, disappointment of losing a lead in an important game and being able to put together a drive in the fourth quarter to take the lead, I think was huge. I think that shows a lot of things and a lot of character about this team and uh, that, that good old will to win, as you say, um, as people say. So um, I think it was important in that respect. And, and looking at the yardage, um, throughout the game, it was tough sledding um, for the offense. Uh, they they got some yards through the air, but there was virtually nothing on the ground. So they had to find other ways to gain positive yards, and uh, they were able to do it. Joe, you saw the reaction from, you know, the win and that kind of stuff. I mean, just how big of a win is this, especially for the program that's been knocking? Obviously, they're not at five yet. They still need to win one more game um, to make the playoffs. But you know, how just based on the reaction and, you know, talking to the coaches and the players for much of the season like you have, how big of a win is this for the program just with what they want to accomplish and the step that they want to take? I mean, I think it's huge because like uh, we kept talking about, you know, they've been a four win team for uh, I think the past five seasons. Um, and then you, you throw in the um, COVID year and they didn't make the playoffs obviously today because there were no playoffs. So they haven't been to the playoffs in a long time. And um, they really want to get back there. And I think this win was crucial for a couple of reasons. Sure, they could have gotten in without it, you know, if they won the last two games, but that's more pressure filled. It's more uncertain. Anything can happen. Uh, this one gives them a little more, a bigger window um, to do that. And it was against a really good team. So kind of just positives upon positives for this victory. Comeback win against a good uh, team with a winning record gets you, uh, you know, above 500. Uh, to that four and three point and you have two teams remaining Maine East and Vernon Hills who uh, you've performed better than them this season like you have a better record uh, you should be favored in both those games so um, it, you know everything's on your plate right now and right in front of you it's got to be a very exciting time all right we'll chat more about them in the fourth quarter as we look forward to what is going to be happening with them with week number weeks number eight and nine uh, why don't we move on over now to Nutrier um, who had a happy homecoming, winning their second game of the season, breaking a, a four-game skid and beating Glenbrook North 14-7. to um, Joe, it just felt like a game where, um, you know, it, it just felt like a game where Nutri just wanted to win this game and finally get some bad demons maybe out of there. 
Yeah, I don't know what else you could say. They needed it um, for, you know, they were riding a four-game losing streak, a couple of really tough losses in there, um, and surprising, you know, finishes. Um, so uh, to get the win, no matter how it happened, was good. They had to really grind it out. Um, tied it, you know, they went up 7 nothing, and then they tied it. Their defense um, held up pretty well, but their offense had, had trouble moving the football consistently, and then, um, they were able to take the lead late and um, hold on in the end um, with a big defensive play. So I think their stars stood up a little bit. And, uh, they, you know, just really any win was good, good mojo for them right now. They just really needed something to celebrate. And it was homecoming night, so they made it happen. Miles Kremiscoli, obviously, we've talked about how, you know, they've got a lot of talented players. It just seems like it hasn't come together. Miles Kremiscoli comes in big. Um, intercepts a pass late for uh, the Trevians in the end zone to uh, secure the win. But uh, how big has Miles kind of been, not only in this game, but just throughout the season and what Nutcher has been able to do and, you know, just his growth throughout the season? I mean, he's, he's been, you know, the heart and soul of his team. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And um, I think he has about four interceptions on the season and, and a bunch of good coverage outside of that. Um as well as being in all state caliber type receiver, um, putting up 11 catches for 200 yards in one game, um, having just an incredible second half in another game. I think that might've been against um, Barrington um, where they just started throwing up to him and he kept making big play after big play. So he's, um, he's just a rock star and he does what they need to do. And, um, I think he's 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 been everything they they need him to be. It's just um, the fit for everybody else around him hasn't been what they thought in terms of execution, and they haven't gotten the wins to support it. Uh, but he's definitely been a, a a star. What does you know? What does a game like this kind of mean for this team and this you know the coaching staff? Where you know you go through it, you go through a, a really tough non-conference schedule. You go through a tough conference schedule where things just don't go your way. You're losing games that you thought you were going to win. Just, I, I know that playoffs are probably a really tough sell right now, but just what does this mean? Kind of, what does this win kind of mean for this team? Just with what you know they've been through and everything like that, and trying to salvage whatever happened this season. I mean, I think after a couple of those losses, and especially maybe after Evanston, where it seemed like they finally pulled through and were going to hang on, I think any win was just good um i think after that evanson loss and even after the the prospect loss or in the season i think reasonable to just think man i mean are we gonna win again like we can't figure it out in the end you know you know we can't execute in the end and the ball isn't bouncing our way um can we make anything happen maybe not you know there's other these are other teams that want to win too in glenbrook north and uh deerfield gbs to finish the season Maybe we won't, um, and it'll be tough. So I think uh, any win, especially in homecoming, and I, and I bet in the middle of that game, it's tied at seven for a while there. I'm sure some coaches and some players are thinking, here we here we go again. We can't, we can't make this happen, and then they did. So I, I think a huge weight off their shoulders, just a sigh of relief. All right, we'll talk more about Nutria and their Week 8 matchup here in the fourth quarter. Why don't we move on over to – uh, Loyola and IC Catholic in the game that really wasn't that we what we expected it to be. Um, Loyola beat IC Catholic forty-seven to nothing. 
um, heading into the matchup. Both teams are looking forward to it. Obviously, Class A, defending champion Ramblers against the Class 3A, defending champion uh, Knights. Um, was expected to be a great game, but um, most of the Knights' uh, skill players did not play. They were out their quarterback, uh, uh, Dennis Mandula. Uh, they were out uh, with K.J. Parker and Iowa commit. Uh, Eric Carner has been out, Texas A&M commit. Um, a lot of the major skill players were out for IC Catholic, talked with the Knights coach after the game, um, and he said it was because of injuries and various injuries and the flu going around the team. So um, he didn't want or it wasn't really his choice to not play them. Um, just an interesting situation, Joe. But Loyola put it together, won 47 to nothing. You've got two blocked punts. you got uh, two interceptions returned for a touchdown. Um, just a, a dominating win for the Ramblers. Nothing. I, I, it was funny talking to Bo after the game. And he was just like, I don't really know what you're supposed to say after, like after a game like that. Like, you know, he was very happy that all the kids, all the backups got a lot of good chunk of time. Like they got to play the entire second half, but um, not a lot to really break down from a game like this where um, it just didn't live up to any of the hype. No, I mean, there was, it wasn't, in my mind, it wasn't really a, a, a competition. Sure. I guess football was played on that field, but it was pretty clear to me from early in and, and the fans um, that uh, IC had no uh, interest in competing to win that football game. They held some people out. Uh, they ran the clock as in the play clock to just wind everything is from starting with their first, I think first or second possession. Um, they were working the clock. Um, a, a running clock was instituted by mutual agreement in the second quarter so, which uh, I don't even know if that's, uh, I guess if you agree upon it, whatever, but um, that's a rare thing. So it was just clear they wanted the game to be over. I just, it's not, I don't know, made me a little uncomfortable. And it was just like, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, but um, yeah, Loyola took care of it. Not much else to say. Um, it goes in a win in the record. Yeah, I feel like it made a lot of people uncomfortable. Obviously, you and I were on the sidelines and we heard some stuff, you know, from IC Catholic parents and um, their displeasure with everything that was going on. But um, it just begs an interesting question of, you know, do you even play the game? And I think it's an interesting question where for the kids who got a chance to play the backups, especially for Loyola, that was a great, that was fun for them. Like they got an opportunity to get some snaps, like they got some good experience, you know, if they need that experience later on, if you have playoff injuries or anything like that. So that's fun as well. But, you know, you had like the number one or one of the better, you know, official you know, groups at the game expecting it to be a game and it wasn't really a game. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's conflicting things where it's just kind of like, do you just forfeit the game or, you know, do you just let the kids play and, you know, figure it out? It's a it, it, it's a hard subject and I don't know if there's necessarily a good answer to it, but um, it's definitely something worth talking about and just, you know, examining, especially with just with everything that took place on Friday or I, I should say what didn't really take place on Friday. Yes, I think it's worth talking about too. Um, and, and yeah, you nailed it. You know, we have we have an official crew that's out there. We have fans that have come out to try to see a good football game. We have uh, media, and I'm not just obviously these teams are at the forefront and they can make their own decisions for what is best for them going forward and their chances to succeed and their players' chances to succeed. Uh, but I don't know. We, you know, it was clear that Loyal was going to win that fo football game. And that was known before they walked into the stadium, except to everyone but Loyola. I mean, I see knew they were handing that game over 
So what is the point in playing? Um, I guess if you know it's going to be backups, maybe inform some people. Is that an option? I don't know. I, I don't know what the options are in that case. I just know that um, Loyola seemed to be surprised and fans seemed to be surprised and kind of uh, disappointed, uh, maybe even upset. So uh, that's not good. And it's also not good to be uh, embarrassed on your home field. No, it's not. And it's just a very – the whole thing was just very interesting. Obviously, it was fun for the kids to get a opportunity to play. But, you know, people were upset and they weren't really happy in the – um it, it just begs to you know the question of you know what what do you do in those certain situations and you you actually had icy catholic you know come out with a statement on what is it today wednesday on tuesday um you know saying despite some rumors from local media icy catholic's prep football coach in no way requested loyola alter the roster or game plan for our matchup last friday we look forward to an exciting rest of our season bill Kraft, you know in this statement said even though we are dealing with injuries and illness my staff and i will always have the best find the best way to put our student athletes in position for long-term success. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what local media rumors he's talking about. I mean, you, you and I and Neil were the only ones at that game, neither, you know, party reported really know what those local media rumors are. No one ever reported that. I don't know. Maybe it's message boards and now message boards are media. I don't know what that is, but um, just an, just an interesting the whole decision to do all of this was just really interesting and uh, something to kind of think about moving forward as we have maybe similar situations um, in seasons to come. I didn't know they blamed the media. Um, that's interesting, kind of entertaining and purposelessness, purposeless. Like, what are you, what are you blaming the media for? Uh, I think we asked questions I did on Twitter. I was just like, uh, you know, uh, they don't have their players and, question mark you know I think you did the same thing it's it was written in our stories what the coach said in terms of why so I don't know what they're referring to with with uh the rumors which they created so maybe they should look inward all right let's move on over now we'll talk more about Loyola and more interesting matchups moving forward but uh it was a big day for Nutrier boys golf um, over the weekend, where the Trevians repeated as state champions, they held off a late surge on Saturday, but the Trevians were able to hold on, Joe, and uh, pick up another state championship. I feel like we were, you know, once the playoffs kind of started, especially what kind of happened, um, you kind of started to get that feeling that, okay, this team might be clicking right at the right time um, and uh, might be able to pull off another state championship. Yep. Yeah, they were rolling. And um, the only thing that was going to stop them is, another team because obviously golf isn't a uh isn't like a contact us versus you sport uh, more of a mental right. aspect you just got to go out there and fight through the um uh, the mental struggles it is challenges that are golf you know um, hit your best shot when you don't hit a good one bounce back so on and so forth over and over for 36 holes on the weekend so uh Nutria did that two strokes better than a very good hinsdale central program so very close match um tied going into day two Hinsdale Central, uh, well, Link, um, sorry, Nutria took a nine-stroke lead, then gave some of it back, but held on. So it was an interesting day, too, a fun day, too, and uh, just a great weekend for those two teams, and Nutria's back-to-back champs. Um, yeah, so it was it was a lot of good stuff for Nutria. Obviously, a lot of great performances. Um, obviously, their 10th, you know, championship as a program, and 
you know, we talk a lot about Nutrier and, you know, you talk about the swimming programs, you talk about the tennis programs, you talk about the golf programs, um, lacrosse programs, a lot of great programs at Nutrier. Um, but this has to be one of the better ones. What this team has continuously, you know, been accomplished throughout the decades, not, you know, just the past year. Yeah. And, and of course, not just the championships and the championships are, are spectacular, 10 total. This was their first back-to-back -back as a unified school. Um, when they were separate, I think East won two of them, but um, they have set, they had seven uh, second place finishes, I think in the two thousands. Um, so they, you know, add that, you know, uh, just a top notch team. And I think a, a couple more trophies in that time. So uh, they've been up there and, you know, well-regarded and it's just these past two years, they've just been um, really special. Um, and, you know, a um, couple guys, Johnny Kremian made a great charge on day two, um, especially on the back nine of day two, to really put his team in position to win it, and he was the state championship as a state champion as a junior, finishes third this year. Uh, Noah Zhang and Bowden Rice, Bowden Rice kind of came out and, and firing this weekend, and Noah's been great uh, for uh, his whole career there. Uh, they both tied for sixth, so all three of those guys were all state guys. So pretty pretty great stuff for them at state, and just yes, it's one of the best programs, um, best golf programs anywhere. Island Park's Kalen Patel finished the weekend with a total of 163, finishing with uh, 82 on Saturday. In Class 1, 1A, uh, North Shore Country Day placed seventh as a team. Uh, the Raiders, who won the sectional tournament, placed second in state a year ago, um, were led by senior Max greenberg Winnick um, with his day two total of 155, good for 17th place. In the 2A Girls Championship, Loyola's uh, Katie Magner placed 15th to compete her impressive high school resume. Um, which includes an individual regional championship and conference crowns. Um, Glenbrook North won the tournament by two strokes over Hinsdale Central. Stevenson finished in third place. So an impressive, uh, an impressive uh, round for a lot of area golfers, Joe, um, over the weekend. Yeah, um, just it, it, the golf is good up here. If you want to go slightly outside of our area, I, I, you know, Glenbrook North girls golf has been really good for a long time and, I believe that's their second straight title. Um, I, th I think they won last year. Anyway, uh, they've been really good for a, for a long time. Um, so kudos to them. And um, we, they always put forth good golfers, uh, this area across the board, um, whether it's the whole team or just some here or there. So uh, the golf is good up here on the North Shore. All right, before we move on over to the second quarter, I want to talk about a story that you put together, a cool story um, about the growth of uh, flag football taking place um, across the suburbs in the IHSA. Um, obviously, Nutrier uh, is one of those teams where it's kind of grown. Um, you know, Nutrier has been a big, uh, you know, a big proponent of growing the sport and that kind of stuff, not only, you know, in flag football, but in other girls' sports nationwide uh, across the area. But for this, you know, specific story that you focused on, Joe, just what what has it been kind of like, you know, just kind of getting that kind of started and trying to grow the game, um, especially in the North Shore area? I think there's a lot of excitement around the sport um, across the suburbs, and certainly the North Shore is a big part of that. I think uh, there was interest growing the past couple of years. It really started to tip over last year to the point where all these pro schools uh, found the personnel and the support to start a program this year, Loyola. Highland Park, uh, as well as Nutria, I think both Glenbrooks have their own programs uh, as well uh, that debuted this year. Uh, plus, you got Stevenson, Evanston, 
Um, you know, the list goes on pretty cool that all these, uh, that flag footballs really jumped. And we did a story a couple of years ago on the youth side about, about, uh, girls flag football and how that was taking off in, on the youth level, um, in new Trier. So it kind of makes sense that we've hit high school, but that was only a couple of years ago. So I think there is even more room to grow at new Trier in these surrounding schools as girls get more familiar with the sport and enjoy it more um, at, at those lower levels to grow. So it's pretty cool. And, you know, um, it's been in the press a little bit the past few years, the Chicago bears made a big investment into growing it in Chicago, the Chicago public leagues, uh, public school league um, has 50 teams or so. Um, and there's some other suburbs involved too. And that's big because uh, the bears and Nike backed it. Um, so with that, it's just growing elsewhere. It's, it's pretty cool to see a lot of energy around it. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we move on over now to the second quarter where we're joined by two of the girls you talked about, Holly Hales and Catherine Ellis. What are they going to tell us, Joe, about just, you know, what this has kind of been like and, you know, just being a part of something really cool? I mean, that that's that's basically it. We're, we, you know, we just asked them what has what's it like being part of this as it really gets going and why is it important to you? Why, why is this the growth of this sport matter? All right, let's have a listen. Yeah, I can go. So I actually, I miss the volleyball tryouts and volleyball has been like a big part of my life for like a really long time. And so when they told me I couldn't be on the team, I knew I really wanted it, like a supportive community. And then like, Basically, because it's more than a team, then you're just playing the sport. It's like really actually a support system. And so I came out and the coach is super supportive. No one really knew what they're doing. We just like, we came out here, we had a blast. And then I think just like girls fell in love with the sport. So yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And what year are you? I'm a sophomore. Okay. Well, I was, my friend was saying that she should do it. And I, I, I thought it was like a thing at the school, but I found out it was new. And I was like, sure, we'll do it. And I've always loved playing football. Like I've always like thrown the ball with my dad and everything. Always loved football, but it's just kind of like being able to actually play it. I was just finding out about it. I was like, I gotta do it. Like I was so happy about it. I've always seen like I've always seen flag football specifically. And I was like, that's so cool. Like I need to do that. And so seeing it at Nutrier made me so excited. And I was like, I gotta do this. So. And what year are you? I'm freshman. You're a freshman. Okay. So did either of you play flag football like organized growing up at all? No. I know some. I know some communities have it. Yeah, no, it's not really. So this is like the here. first time. Yeah, yeah, it's really getting big here though. But uh, yeah, this is now. the first opportunity I've ever gotten. Yeah, flag football. Same. So what do you think? How's the season going? I don't. I I personally I love it. Like our season, we're definitely improving. Like yeah. what we like say we like to improve our baseline, yeah. and we're definitely doing that every single day we're out on the field. Yeah. And so we're getting better, better, and hopefully next year. You know, it's gonna be official sport, and we're yeah. gonna come out, and we're gonna crush it. Nice. Yeah. There's. It's been a lot. It's you know, it's the first year, so it's not like super organized. But I mean, Colgrove is doing really well. I feel like with everything being so chaotic, but I think like we're we're really coming together finally, and it's it's really good. Like I'm really happy with how we're doing. Like even just watching like our JV team was so fun. Like <laughs> seeing how much they've improved, and like because I it's hard to notice when you improve, but I feel like seeing your friends being a part of it now part of the community and people who play the sport why do you think it's so popular why do you think it has grown i think like a lot of people i think especially in your and high schools in general sports are really competitive and it can become like 
kind of like cutthroat because it's like people against people and I think because this was such like an open invitation it attracted so many people and from day one it was clear that we're like more here to form relationships yeah for sure I think also it's like a lot of people I've heard like never really played organized sports before or like on a team or anything and so I think this gave them like a really good opportunity to feel safe to come into a like a, a community of a team which like, an like athletic sport. Yeah, yeah which is hard on your cheer because it's it's a lot but I think with this they found they found this opportunity and I think it's been very welcoming and I think it's just been yeah it's been a really good like welcoming environment and very safe for like new people so I think that's very attractive oh that's cool um Thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. Make sure you check out Joe's full story on the recordnorthshore.org. Good stuff from Joe over there, so make sure you give it a read when you get a chance. All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether they can happen. Way or No Way, they cannot happen. Let's start things off. Joe, we are in uh, the playoffs for... Uh, girls tennis which is taking place this weekend with sectionals plain simple for you way or no way joe uh nutria girls tennis wins a sectional yeah i don't know when the last time they lost a sectional but it, i think it might be uh, before i was even born um, or at least close to it so uh they'll win a sectional here and it's not just because um of the competition in the area which is also good but they've got a real special team this year they're going to compete for a state championship um, up and down their lineup is really strong. Uh, the biggest concern for them at this level, which uh, is uh, figuring out who their lineup is for state. So, um, yeah, I think they win this section. Yeah, I think this one's a pretty easy one. I think it's a way. Um, they're, they're just so talented. They've been able to replenish the growth each and every year. They take on really good competition in the sectional, but I just think that they're a step ahead. So I think I'm definitely going to go with the way there. Uh, the Trevians will win the sectional title. All right, Joe, New Trier Girls Volleyball only needs three more wins. Uh, they're still undefeated uh, to finish out the CSL South undefeated. way you think you can do that? They, You think that they can do that? I can. They're, they're looking pretty good. Um, they've recently played some big competition in tournaments, um, and I think they've, uh, they've figured out, you know, filled those holes and gaps and, and maybe their performances um, as you do, as you go through a season, and they're looking pretty strong here, and they really want to – ramp it up as we approach the postseason, and I think that uh, is bad news for the rest of the CSL, so I'll say way. Yeah, I think it's going to be a way. I think they just have hit their marks. I, I, You know, for a game like volleyball, you kind of expect them to maybe have a hiccup here or there, but they just haven't really had any hiccups throughout the season. I mean, you know, they've just been winning, and I know obviously they've lost a couple matches here and there in tournaments and stuff, but they've just seemed very consistent. They seem like they're playing at a really high level, so um, yeah, I'm going to go with the way I think they finish things this, this thing off and uh, finish the season undefeated in the conference and win it outright. A pretty uh, uh, dominating championship should be on their way for the Trevians. All right, Joe, way or no way, we've got uh, boys soccer playoffs already starting, but we'll, most of it will start next week. Uh, way or no way, you think that new cheer boys soccer will be upset in its own regional? No, no, I don't. Um... Looks like they have some pretty good matchups in their regional. I do expect them to make the sectional final in this in this sectional, which which isn't always easy, uh, and it won't be easy as we get to the sectional rounds. But I, I expect them to be in the final there, and that's where um, we might get to a toss up stage. But um, I don't expect any upsets. Yeah, as a number two seed, you know they should take care of 
either Niles West or Mather, whoever they end up playing on next Tuesday. And then uh, either Taft or Sen. Um, I, I just think that Nutrier, you know, should hold on to this pretty region, this regional pretty easily. So um, I'm going to go with the no way. I don't think the Trevians are going to trip up before uh, the sectional playoffs start. All right, Joe, way or no way, you know, we've talked about this Loyola girls volleyball team, obviously the injury that they suffered. Uh, way or no way you're, you know, more concerned now, given that they lost St. Ignatius IC Catholic Mother Macaulay um, in the past week. Yeah, they, they've had a tough stretch of their schedule. Um, and uh, they've taken some tough losses as well as, I mean, Macaulay's the best team in the state, probably. Um, so uh, hard to fault them there. But um, other ones, you know, they've taken some tough losses. So I guess, you know, worried if you're talking about will they or won't they be a contender? Sure. Way. Yeah, I think I'd go with Way just with what they've been able to accomplish this season. I know obviously injuries have derailed kind of maybe their full potential maybe, but I, I, I think, you know, just the past week, the losses, you would have liked them maybe to pick up a win here or there. I think uh, it does cause some, uh, does raise some cause for concern um, as we head into the playoffs here. All right, Joe, fifth way or no way. We had this on uh, Friday night drive today. Um, it seems like the district uh, proposal for football in Nyachese is resurrecting again. Uh, we had four conferences at Interstate 8, DuPage Valley, Apollo, and the Big 12 are sponsoring the proposal. Um, it's going to go through, you know, a whole vote. Like the, we kind of went through this process in 2018 and 2019. It was uh, rescinded in 2019 um, after it was approved in 2018. Uh, Joe, way or no way you think that districts are going to happen this time around? I don't, I don't know. I mean, to bring it back up again, you, you would have to say that there's interest that's more than a little bit, because there's always some interest, of course. Um, but it got to a point where it's up for a legitimate discussion. Uh, I don't think it's to the point of consideration yet, right? No, not yet. Yeah, right. Um, I believe we'll get there at some point. I just don't know if it's yet. So I guess I'll say no way. I, I think I, you know, I don't, I won't claim to know that I know how every single coach feels in every single conference, especially in the CCLACC. But I do feel like there are a lot of conferences, you know, I understand the struggle of trying to find opponents, trying to figure things out. And I know there are probably a lot of um, coaches in the CCLACC who deal with that because, you know, no one wants to play them because, of the different circumstances and that kind of stuff. But I think what the CCLESCC has right now with this 24 member mega conference is fantastic. I think it's a really fun, you know, mega conference. I think the central suburban league is good. You got um, a lot of different good leagues. You got the, obviously the Chicago public league, you got the mid suburban league. Um, there are a lot of good leagues out there. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there would be the support enough for this. And I could be wrong, and we'll probably be talking about districts probably in the next year because I was wrong and I didn't know. But I just don't know if we're at the level yet where there is enough support for something like this to pass and get over whatever happened in 2018 and 2019. So um, I think maybe potentially down the road, maybe down five or ten years from now it might happen. But for right now, I think I feel like things are in a pretty good state right now. And I think a lot of teams and a lot of conferences won't want to change that. Uh, but maybe, you know, there are enough conferences outside of the Chicago and the immediate suburban areas that feel otherwise and would rather have a district proposal. But for now, I'm going to say no way. 
All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter. That was way or no way. Uh, we're going to look forward to week number eight. We are finally here to the penultimate weeks of penultimate week of the season. We've got a lot of fun matchups here, a lot of important matchups um, moving forward. Highland Park is going to travel and play Maine East. New Trier is going to travel and play Glenbrook South. And Loyola is going to host Bennett on Saturday. Um, Joe, let's start things off just with the New Trier Glenbrook South game. Both teams at two and five. I don't think both team expect teams expected to be at two and five at this portion of the season. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what kind of matchup do we get here? Is this the time of year when maybe you get younger kids in there and you kind of give them an opportunity? Is this kind of where still cling on to hope and you're like, man, if I get four wins, maybe if I have X amount of good, you know, playoff points, maybe I can sneak in if there aren't enough playoff teams. Like what, what is the mindset here as, you know, you got two, two and five teams playing against each other here? I think New Trier, and, and you might know this more than I do, I think they have a shot, and, and GBS would too. I think they both have a shot at four and five if everything breaks their way because of their extremely difficult non-con schedule. Um, I believe if the points shook out right, they're at the top of the, they would be at the top of the four wins or they could be. I want to say that's true, but um, so I think they might as well go for it. And I think that's probably what they're going to preach to their kids. But I, I agree. It's, it's a really big long shot. So I do think maybe you're working in youth or let's just say different players in spots and trying to put them in spots that you want to see what they got or prove it spots or moments um, that could be seniors that could be, um, you know, seniors who are, who are giving it their best shot, still putting in all effort, or it could be underclassmen who, uh, you want to see what they can do on, on a varsity stage against the, uh, a perennially good program like GBS or if you're GBS against you. So, um, I still think we're going to see a good football game. Both these teams have been inconsistent to say the least, um, GBS has put put up more points than Nutrier has. Uh, Nutrier has had slightly better defense, so we'll see which one breaks. Glenbrook South also did not have a very friendly non-conference schedule. They went losing to York Lake Zurich, Barrington, and Prospect. Uh, Glenbrook South did beat Evanston forty-two to thirty-three and uh, beat Deerfield twenty-seven to fourteen before losing to Maine South forty-five to thirty-six, making a closer game than maybe most people thought. So I. I this Glenbrook South team, you know, for how frustrating it might be, I think this team has been right there. They just haven't been able to get the, over the hump, especially against tough teams. And I think that might be a problem for Nutrier, who just consistently has seen, you know, tough teams as well. But I don't think we've seen enough from Nutrier to kind of be like, okay, they can kind of deal with this type of adversity and are able to kind of pull off a win like this. Yeah, I would agree with you. What uh, what do you kind of look forward to in a matchup like this, just with what they're able, you know, for a game like this? Are you just kind of looking forward to, you know, who is able to kind of step up in these moments? What have you kind of learned? I mean, obviously, Nutrier picked up a lot of, you know, momentum at the end of last season, even though they weren't able to make the playoffs. But what do you kind of feel like is the drive here as we head into the final stretch? I think the drive is that that last shot at a playoff spot, and it's finishing out your career strong. We got a lot of seniors that are playing leading roles on this team. You know, your middle linebacker, your lead receiver, 
um, a couple guys on the O line, um, a couple guys on the D line. Um, there's a lot of seniors. You know, you're running back. These are these are seniors in big spots, and can they finish on a high note? There's a lot of seniors who don't have uh, who could potentially have college offers who don't really yet, or maybe not the ones they want. So, is that is that something they're playing for? Um, give them extra motivation. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that's some of the things that could motivate you, but, um, you know, rivalry to a next door neighbor, it's not the Evanston rivalry. Um, it doesn't have quite the context as a main South rivalry, which is, you know, they're the, they're the top dogs can be taken down. Uh, but the GBS rivalry is pretty good. Um, these teams have gone back and forth. I think GBS has gotten the better of them the past couple years, but before that it was Nutrier for a handful of years. So um, they're kind of, jockeying back and forth i'd say for like that second to third spot in the conference um so i think that'll motivate you to beat your your neighbor to the west all right i'll get a prediction for you uh a little bit later but highland park playing main east uh main east one and six um joe it feels like the giants are in the catbird seat right now you know playing main east one and six to get vernon hills to finish the season at two and five and it just feels like you know take care of business and you're in the playoffs pretty much yeah, and um, you're, you put yourself in a good position to do it um, with, with sitting here with four wins. Um, I think you're you're putting out max effort, at least early on, um, against Maine East to, to cinch a victory, to make sure you take care of it, put it away early, and then, you, you know, you're in celebration mode and, and well-deserved. You have it if it happens. You haven't done it in, in a long time. Um, it's a program goal of yours. Let's make it happen. So um it's uh it's uh it's an important game on friday night and i think it's going to be a special night for them obviously i know you got to make the playoffs first but this this feels like now you're you've entered the part where and coaches and players will never say they'll want say they need to make that with number five and um secure themselves a spot but i feel like now is definitely a thing you gotta secure yourself of a good seed where you need to go to a no right now to guarantee yourself a better chance in the playoffs and give yourself a better path. I know, obviously, um, you know things vary every single week, but at six and uh, six and three, your chances are much better than your chances are at five and four. Um, so I feel like the Giants need to keep on pushing here and not be maybe satisfied with getting win number five, even though they've been working years to get here. Yeah, I think so too, and and I do think probably behind closed doors, coaches and, and players are talking about getting the six uh, and maybe getting fortunate in their matchups. I don't know if that's in the cards, but, uh, you know, we'll see just because some of their opponents and, and their win totals won't be that high. I think they'll probably be middle of the pack for a six win team if they were to get there. Either way, uh, you do want to get there. Um, uh, going from four to six is such a big step up and um, definitely something to celebrate and uh, put yourself in the best foot forward in the postseason. And, and who knows what happens once you're there. All right, Joe, I'll get a prediction out of you uh, a little bit later. Let's match. Let's preview this last matchup that we've got here. Bennett is traveling to Loyola. Um, and one of the questions that I wanted to ask um, Loyola players, you know, after that win over IC Catholic is you got Bennett this week, but obviously a lot of them, you know, know what's happening in week nine, and that's Mount Carmel. And I asked them, you know, how do you kind of make sure you're not overlooking Bennett? Because Bennett is four and three right now. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're trying to get in there. Um, and they pretty much gave the answer of we're not look, talking about Mount Carmel. Obviously, Mount Carmel is the biggest game of the year. But 
right now Bennett is the goal and that's the, you know, expectation is to take care of business and beat Bennett. So um, it seems like this team is pretty, you know, for all the hoopla and all we talk about this Loyola Mount Carmel matchup and how we should expect them probably to be undefeated in week nine. Um, the players and coaches know what's at stake on Saturday and know that they can't really overlook a Bennett team um, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, and I think Nutrier, uh, sorry, and I think Loyola has done a, a good job at, at focusing on the next opponent, um, at least in recent history. Um, not many losses at all on their on their uh, resumes in recent history, but um, I think they've done a really good job at not overlooking your, whether it's Bennett or Providence or maybe teams that they, they've got an upper hand on. Um, even your brother Rice is some years, um, they've, they've taken care of business. Um, and uh, I think uh, some rough games here and there, but they've, they've gotten away with the victories. And I think this is one I'm not overly concerned. I think they'll come out and, and perform um, well. Um, but uh, yeah, Bennett's a proud school. They're going to bring it. So I think Loyola knows that. Yeah, I think this is a game where Loyola just needs to do what I don't know. This is probably an annoying thing to say, but they just need to do what they always keep doing. I don't know. Like, there's only so much you can like. Like next week, if they're undefeated, we'll get into the whole matchups. We'll get into like strategy. We'll get into you know different stuff. But for right now, I just feel like for this Bennett matchup, it's just pretty much just do what you've been doing, Ryan Fitzgerald. Just be the quarterback that you've been. The defense has been elite. Um, you got the special teams involved uh, last weekend as well. So. It just feels like, you know, just do what you've been doing and you'll get to 8-0 and for that big matchup against Mount Carmel. And I just feel like, why would you change anything at this point? And I don't really expect Loyola to really do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's get a predictions here. Joe, what happens between Lenbrook South and Nutrier on Friday? Uh, I do think, like you mentioned, that Glenbrook South has just been uh, well, both teams have been unfortunate with their scheduling and some of the results, but I think Glenbrook South has shown a little bit more. Um, I think they run the football very well, and Nutria stops to run well, but um, we're, we're going to see when those two meet, and I think Glenbrook South has a bit more on offense than Nutria does on defense, and uh, they win this game um, 28-17. Yeah, I've got Glenbrook South winning this one. I think they just They've both been battle-tested, but I just think that they've been a little bit more battle-tested than uh, um, Nutria has been. So I think I'm going to go with a 31-21 to 21, uh, score. Um, well, how would that work? Yeah, that would work. 31-21 score, uh, and I think uh, just Glenbrook South has been through it a little bit more than Nutria, but um, it does feel like a matchup of the unfortunates where just schedules have been rough for both of those teams, and you know, just Glenbrook South is going to be able to win this game a little bit more than Nutria is. All right, Highland Park travels to Maine East, Joe. What do you have here, and do you think uh, the Giants pick up win number five and are going to the playoffs? I do. Uh, I think it'll be a good night to be a Giant. I think they take care of business um, at Maine East and um, are celebrating a, a probable return to the playoffs. I guess five is never guaranteed, but uh, it, it pretty much is. <laughs> so um, I'll say Highland Park um, does a number here, 35 to 7. I'm going to go Highland Park 27 to six. I think uh, uh, maybe Maine East gets uh, some six, uh, gets a touchdown toward the end there and maybe misses a field goal. But I just think that this is a big, 
big matchup for Highland Park. They've been waiting for this a lot, and they're going to show up, and they're going to be ready. So I think the Giants pick up a, a, a nice win here, and they're going to celebrate and um, enjoy the moment, and I think that they should just based on everything that's kind of happened over the last couple of years. All right, Bennett is traveling to Loyola on Saturday. Uh, what do you think happens here between the Red Wings and the Ramblers? Uh, I think Loyola, you know, controls this one as well. Um, convincing, um, but I think Bennett fights a little bit. Uh, not a little bit, Bennett fights. And I think they get on the scoreboard. So I'll say, um, I'll say 31 to 7. Um, I'm going to go with the 35 to, uh, I'll do 35 to 13. I think that maybe the the backups kind of get some scoring going for Bennett in the fourth quarter. But I think Loyola, Loyola seems pretty determined. They seem pretty ready for what this matchup is going to be. And they're not looking ahead or anything like that. So um, bar, I've seen no reason to judge or, you know, or to second guess this Loyola team. So I'm not going to start now. Um, until next week, maybe, but that's for mm-hmm. next week's episode of the podcast as we preview a fun game. But that is everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Varsity Podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out, and as always, give us a nice little su- subscription, a nice little review. We always appreciate everybody's support. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can check out my work at the Friday Night Drive. We've got a lot of fun stuff. CCLESCC notebook. I'll have playoff outlook for every single CCLESCC playoff bound team um, and what they need to do to make the playoffs. We've got our playoff projections. We've got a lot of great stuff happening here at Friday Night Drive. So make sure you check out all our great content. And as always, make sure you are subscribing and donating to the recordnorthshore.org. Joe's got you covered with everything, not only sports. Um, he's got you covered on the board meetings, your favorite restaurant, whatever is happening on the North Shore. Joe's got you covered there. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure you enjoy the sports. We'll have another fun episode next week. But until then, we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.